Hey, it's me, Kayla White, the host of Valley 101. Out of an abundance of caution, almost everyone in our newsroom will be working from home for the next few weeks. That means we're away from our studio and our usual recording equipment, so you might notice that our podcast sounds a little different because of that, but it's not stopping us. We'll still bring you new episodes every week. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Today, we're talking about the new coronavirus, also called COVID-19. As a breaking news editor myself, I am inundated with updates nonstop. So I fully understand if it all feels overwhelming and like it's too much to parse through. That's why we want to help deliver some of the basics. Producer Taylor Seeley is going to comb through the most important information that likely won't change for a while with our Arizona Republic healthcare reporter, Stephanie Innes. My name's Taylor Seeley. And my name is Stephanie Innes. That's Stephanie. And I am the healthcare reporter for the Arizona Republic. Let me just say, Stephanie has been working nonstop for the past couple weeks, and we all in the newsroom owe her a drink <laughs> when it's socially responsible to go out, of course. Um, well, first off, how are you? <laughs> um, it's uh, everything changes, it's different every day, it's yeah. an evolving situation. So, um, I'm tired, but I'm surviving and I'm healthy, so I'm grateful for that. Unlike other episodes, this is going to be a straight interview. That way we get you the answers to some frequently asked questions. So, Stephanie, we are having you on Valley 101 because news of the coronavirus is all around us, and we feel there's a probably a good chance that it is overwhelming people. And I was hoping you could explain what is coronavirus, what is COVID-19, the differences between them, anything you think that's vital information. Yes. Yeah, so uh, coronavirus is sort of um, an umbrella term. We're, we're using the new coronavirus. I mean, it's a bit misleading because there are several strains of coronavirus and, and some of them just cause the common cold. But this is an actual novel virus. The official name is the SARS-2 coronavirus. SARS-1 was just SARS, the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome from 2003. And just a quick FYI, novel means never seen before. Now listen up to what Stephanie's about to say. So this is caused by that particular virus, and the the name of the disease that you get from that virus is COVID-19, also known as the new coronavirus. We're, we've been using interchangeably the virus and the disease, um, but it is important to know that there is a virus that causes the disease. I want to make sure I understand. You said the coronavirus causes COVID-19. Yeah, there is a virus. It's a novel coronavirus that causes COVID-19. COVID-19 is the name of the disease that the virus causes. And it's a respiratory disease, but it tends to be more lower respiratory than upper respiratory. Um, the danger is when it gets into your lungs and causes pneumonia. Those are the people who are getting severely ill. 
And and who you you just mentioned the people who are getting severely ill, who is most at risk? So it's people who are over the age of 60 and people with underlying health conditions which can include if you're immune system is compromised, say you're in treatment for cancer, you've had an organ transplant, and of course people with lung disease are definitely at higher risk, as are people with diabetes and heart disease. Children don't seem to be as affected by COVID-19. Stephanie said it's something the public health community is interested in understanding better. But even though they aren't as affected, doesn't mean they can't be infected. Which brings us to the question of, how does it spread? Okay, so it spreads through respiratory droplets, um, which sounds, you know, like maybe that would be hard to get it that way, you know, but if somebody sneezes or coughs and that lands on a surface and then you touch the surface and then you touch your face, That's how you could get it. And it's proving more contagious than the seasonal flu. And we all know how many of us get the seasonal flu. And there is even a vaccine for that. So this is showing itself to be quite contagious. There are varying studies about how long it can stay alive on surfaces. So I'm a little hesitant to say that, but it does, it can transfer from, you know, a surface to somebody, um, your eyes, your nose, your mouth. all those things, it can get in that way. And it, it, it transfers the same way as the flu. It's just more contagious. Can you explain the other ways that it is either similar or different from the flu? With um, COVID-19, you're less likely to have a runny nose, um, it, less likely to have sort of cold symptoms um, than you are with the flu. And as I said, it's more of a lung disease. It causes pneumonia. The symptoms are a dry, unproductive cough shortness of breath, and a fever. Um, it's, it's showing that COVID-19 is more deadly than the flu so far, which is a concern. And as I mentioned, with the flu, there are antivirals that have been proven to be effective treating it, and uh, COVID-19 does not have that. So the only thing they know to do with COVID-19 is, is sort of supportive care. You know, if you're not seriously ill, stay at home, drink liquids. If you have to go into the hospital, they often will have to, you know, help you breathe, use a ventilator, that kind of thing. To repeat, there is no cure for COVID-19 right now. For the people who are recovering, the virus is working its way through the system. And in the severe cases, doctors offer support, like Stephanie said, but no fix. So how do you stay safe from COVID-19? The best thing you can do right now is to wash your hands frequently, try not to touch your face, and keep your distance from people. That last tip, to keep your distance, is the reason you've likely noticed a lot of businesses and events closing, even schools. Everyone shutting down is participating in what's called social Social distancing, distancing, which I'm sure is a term you've heard a lot. It's trying to stay at least six feet away from another person so that we reduce the risk of community spread where there's like just a giant amount of people who are sick all at one time, which would not be good for the economy, for the workforce, or for our hospital system. 
This is also related to another concept you've maybe heard. Flattening the curve. Flattening the curve, it's a phrase that we all need to learn. Um, It means flattening the epidemiological curve of the epidemic. And what that translates into is flattening the number of people who get infected or who get sick at once. So we do know that about 80-81% of people who get infected are not seriously ill. They're just mildly ill. But for the other 20%, they can become severely ill. And we don't know, you know, if we have, say, half of Arizona's population is sick all at once, and 20% of them need some kind of supportive care in a health facility, that's going to be a problem. So the idea is to flatten that curve so that we don't have a big swell of people all getting this at once. And the best way to do that is to not get infected all at once. You know, stay at home, stay away from people. Um, You know, just do all the universal precautions that, that they've been talking about. Wash your hands. Again, social distancing. And we here in Arizona need to be extremely cautious about this because... Arizona has fewer hospital beds per capita than most other states. We're in the bottom 10 states. And we also have a physician shortage here. We're one of the worst in the country for our active primary care physicians. And we're 32nd in the country for active physicians overall. Compounding that, we have a a very high population of uh, older people over the age of 60, uh, including our snowbirds, who a lot of them are still here. So if the number of diagnoses peak, which would mean more severe cases would increase too, our hospital system could get overloaded. We could quite literally run out of beds for the sick. I asked Stephanie more about that. And she said there are some options. For example, because Governor Doug Ducey declared a state of emergency, hospitals could begin to care for COVID-19 patients in what are technically outpatient beds. These are the beds people stay in for a few hours after surgery, for example. They're not licensed for critical care, but that could change due to the state of emergency. And in the worst-case scenario... The state's pandemic plan also calls for opening up gymnasiums, recreation centers, that kind of thing. In fact, Mayor Kate Gallego addressed this when she announced a state of emergency for the city of Phoenix. She said that she had spoken to local hospitals and healthcare associations, and those groups told her that they are preparing to treat people in tents because they don't have enough beds. So at this point, I'm hoping I don't have to explain whether or not you should be social distancing. You should be. But in case you social distance and you still start feeling symptomatic, here's what you need to know about testing. The testing mostly so far until last week has gone through the state lab, which had a pretty narrow definition of who could be tested. You had to either have um, traveled to an affected area you had to have known contact, or you had to have known contact with an infected person, or you had to be severely ill um, with no other known respiratory cause. 
I would anticipate that um, we will start seeing more positive tests because the governor and the Arizona Department of Health Services on March 16th announced that they would be um, partnering with some commercial labs and the um, criteria are changing. So any Arizonan may get um, tested if they have symptoms at one of these test collection sites, as long as they have symptoms and they have to sign um, uh, an attestation saying, you know, that they will be in quarantine until they get their test results and if they're positive that they will quarantine themselves. So the takeaway from what Stephanie just said is that more people are about to get tested. And that means most likely the number of diagnoses is about to go up too. I'm just going to be frank here and say, I know for me, that's going to be unsettling. It's already unsettling. So I asked Stephanie one last question that I imagine we're all asking. Is this temporary? How long is this going to last? Oh, that's a good question. So the latest estimates are that this could go on for 12 to 18 months. However, uh, you know, I don't know that we can keep all these venues closed for that length of time. And I don't think anybody really knows. You know, there were questions to Katie Hobbs, our Secretary of State yesterday, because, you know, we're having an election today. And it was raised that maybe this was a public health threat, having people go to the polls. And she said, we don't know that there's going to be any safer time in the near future to do this. So, you know, that that tells you something where, you know, uh, people aren't really sure how long this could go on for. Uh, but I think there is some opinion out there that it could get worse before it gets better. I know this isn't easy to hear, but Stephanie reminded me that we can be hopeful that maybe our social distancing will have an impact. So keep your distance, practice frequent hand washing, and remember, we here at Valley 101 are always here for you. I'd also like to point out that this news is changing every day. azcentral.com is working really hard to keep you informed, and all those articles are completely free to read. In addition, we have a newsletter you can access by clicking the newsletter button on azcentral.com. Well, that's it for this special episode of Valley 101. Remember to take a deep breath, stay home, do some yoga in your yard, and do what it takes to take care of yourself. Yes, we know our show is often a source of entertainment, but it's also our public duty as journalists to help you and your family stay safe. Thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. See you next week.